I'm really pleased to be able to speak to a homeschooling group. Uh, you people really are the people I want to speak to most in this country. I want to talk about college, university. It's a topic that interests me a lot because I'm the dean of a college. Higher education is my life. And I'm interested to talk to homeschooling parents and teachers because you people are as critical of the education available to our young people as I am. I was eager to come and talk to you because I feel you are my comrades. But I'm not sure you feel that I am your comrade. I feel you think of me as a pain in the neck. Because after all you have done, giving children an education that is a needed alternative to what is going on in public and private schools, all those years, starting from kindergarten, on up to the end of high school, 13 years of energy and expense, because after all you have done, I come along and say, do you think it is over when your students graduate high school? Do you think your concern about the main thing that you've been concerned about all these years should stop when your child or your students graduate high school? Do you think the university is a safe environment for learning? I know you just want me to go away. You don't really want to hear it. You're groaning inside to hear about more to think about concerning the quality of education when you've thought about it for 13 or 14 years already. Isn't that enough? Well, that's my question to you. Is it or isn't it enough to have homeschooled? What's the concern? After finishing high school, isn't the education your child has received through homeschooling pretty secure? After all, haven't you instilled great habits of self-motivation, taught good math and language skills? I know you have, because about half of our new students at Augustine College every year have been homeschooled, and I'm impressed with what I see. And is college or university going to put a dent in what homeschooling has given them? No. College and university is going to put a dent in their understanding of themselves, their lives, morals, sex, their faith. I don't presume that you are all Christians, but if I speak as a Christian to those who are not Christian, you can just substitute for faith a comprehensive understanding of life, ordered around truth, goodness, and beauty. I teach at a Christian college, but we will teach any student who cares about those issues and who will put up with us. The figures I've seen on the loss of faith, the loss of faith at college among young Christians from good Christian families are not encouraging. I was a little bit shocked when I saw them at first. A little shocked to find that solid, demonstrated faith at home was not always enough to preserve a young person's belief in the world he or she grew up in. But then when I thought about it, it wasn't hard to see why good families didn't always succeed. Because this undoing is the work of ideas. It is ideas that pry people from their faith, that work them back and forth until they let go, let go of their morals, their understanding of life. I know a lot of people think that you fight ideas with faith, but I think that's selling your tradition a little short. You think Christianity is irrational, 
Do you think your tradition does not have ideas that are a match for the notions that the university years always deliver in a kind of relentless, steady drip in the endless conversations that go on in class, after class, and late at night? It really isn't hard to understand why good families don't always manage to stop their children from crossing over to some of the very views you have been fighting by homeschooling. The issue is something that you understand very well, education. What gives your child such solid skills in math and language arts is proper education. Where is the proper education in how to think about life? When did it happen, this education in ideas? When were the reasons and rational defenses of the life you believe in laid out for your children and taught to them? Do they know the reasons why liberal views of sex are mistaken? Why ethics is not a cafeteria counter? Why art cannot be whatever? Why faith is not just irrational weakness, etc.? Well, all the arguments for all those positions, taking a casual view of sex, relativism, the weakness of people who need religion versus the self-reliance of people who don't, the supremacy of the individual, freedom in art and movies, the intellectual inferiority of Christians who grew up Christian as children, indoctrinated into Christianity, compared to free-thinking people who think things through and make up their own minds. All of these arguments are going to be made many times over on the college campus. They're going to be made by both the students and the professors. In fact, those arguments are part of what is taught there, that students will be examined on. Don't you think the proper response to all this is education, learning? Well, when did that learning happen? The learning that I'm suggesting is the antidote to the corrosive effect of the one-sided worldview that's so current at universities used to be the core of a university education. Does that thought ring a bell? Ways of educating that used to be valued versus current ways that are corrosive? This is your own thinking, just carried past secondary ed. Elementary and secondary education was once counted preliminary to this higher learning, the higher education of each young person as a full human being, the completion of what you have begun. What about the completion of what you have begun? That's what I'm asking. To be educated was not to have skills of language and number and to be decently equipped with information about science, geography, and history. That was an essential prerequisite. Education was the process of equipping a person with skills and information to start, and then, past high school age, imparting the pivotal ideas that would allow a person to preserve his people, his civilization, imparting the ideas that were worth fighting for, fighting for in the most civilized way, by words. At first, this was education only for young men, but it was later made available to women. Well, it seems to me that we've gone back to giving it to nobody because we think of higher education as job preparation. And the reason why many in homeschooling have never thought about the kind of education students should be getting after high school 
is that the schools of job training are in public hands. And there is nothing you can do about that. So let's look at this for a moment, this problem of schools of job training being in public hands. How can you, what can you do about that? I think if you're thinking this way, you're selling education short. I think you're doing a disservice both to the children you care about and the way of life you've been fighting for by homeschooling. I'm not here to blame anybody, least of all you, because I see you as my comrades. But I wonder if you're abandoning a battlefront, higher education. I want to get you thinking about that front, and I do it by saying I think you are being lured to betray your ideals, the ideals behind homeschooling. You fought for decades at the front of elementary and secondary education. But when you turn to look at college and university, you lay down your arms. I can explain this if I start by asking, what is homeschooling all about? I know that you know the answer to that question better than I do. But let's consider the ultimate purpose of homeschooling. The homeschooling revolution has been driven by the recognition that mainstream schooling does not give children what they need to be properly educated. And even though teachers are trained in their subjects and come fully equipped with education degrees, mainstream schooling is offering assurances that are hollow. Is it that the teachers are evil and know nothing? Not at all. It's that there are certain principles of teaching that through their Bachelor of Ed degrees, teachers have simply abandoned. Important curriculum that is no longer taught, first thing. Second, ways of learning that are natural to children, abandoned. And third, care of the moral environment. Once a teacher's job, but now not their business. Schooling, as you and I know, is not just academic. School is a moral environment. It has a moral impact. Homeschooling is an alternative to that. The ideals behind it are what? All the trouble you've gone to to homeschool is in the service of a culture of life where young people can grow naturally into thriving and healthy people who will use their abilities, including their minds, to defend the true, the good, and the beautiful, which will be to the advantage of everyone in their communities. Am I mistaken? Is homeschooling about less than that? Is it just about better writing skills? But now your child, your student, reaches 17 or 18. What do you say? Do you say to yourselves, well, those reservations that we had about public school, those ideals we held, they no longer apply. Not if you know anything at all about university today. What I think you are saying is... We did what we could. At a certain point, they just have to enter the system. We can't give them a degree in business or social work, education, medicine, law. They just have to go where they can get these things, to the places that give accreditation and certificates and recognized diplomas. There is no alternative. We are at the end of alternatives. Now, at Augustine College, we know very well that to learn to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, you have to go to university. We even think it is important that Christians not stay off the campuses of secular universities. But I would like to remind you that this idea of technical qualification, qualification for pay at a better job, is not the idea of the Christian civilization that invented 
the university. It is Christians who invented the university, you know. Why did they do that? So graduates could get jobs? No, you know very well that there's more at stake than jobs. The issue for the medieval Christians who created the universities was the same one that has driven you to homeschool. Not jobs, but the preservation of a civilization, a way of life. It was a service to the souls of young people to make of them a force of life and nourishment to their communities. It is quite true that there is no alternative to going to university if you want a decent and challenging job. Augustine College is certainly not an alternative to university. We're only a one-year college. We have no plan to be anything more. We are a one-year college by choice because we want our students to go on to university. But we don't want them to go ill-prepared and undefended. You have to go to university, but you have to prepare because university is a hotbed of ideas that young people cannot resist if they do not have the other ideas from the history of the West that counter them. The ideas from our past that people at university today don't know anything about. Augustine College is not an alternative to university, but we are an alternative to saying there's nothing more we can do for our children. We just have to drop them off on the campus of some out-of-town college and hope for the best. Why would you do that? You need to stay true to your insight about the superiority of past ideas about education. That's your insight. In the past, education included an understanding of why morality, sexuality, economics, and politics answer to a higher order, an understanding of why the universe is not just a dumpster of matter and societies are not just massed individuals, an understanding of why cultural things like entertainment need governance, an understanding of why science and belief in God are compatible, an understanding of why knee-jerk rebelliousness is conformism, an understanding of what desires are and why we have them. And I could go on, as you know. If your children and your students don't have the answers to these questions, if they can't explain the why of all those true things, the university will make it all very clear to them why not. If they don't know why the universe is not just a dumpster of matter, their roommates and their professors will make it amply clear to them why it is. And how do you think their absence of arguments will fare against these arguments? So here's what I'm trying to say to you. If you don't think about what proper education is after homeschooling, you will betray your ideals. You have to think about this because you care about those ideals. And you must not think there is nothing you can do. That there is no alternative to letting your child or your student go off on their own. If homeschooling was a place to preserve education against decay, there are homeschools, in that sense, after high school. Places that keep the decay out that inoculate young people against the infectious ideas they will find when I agree they must go on to university. You must know about these places. You must know about your allies in higher education. 
There is a growing collective of colleges designed to strengthen students with the ideas that will preserve them at university so they don't lose themselves. Augustine College exists because of the same thinking you have been employing all through your child's homeschooling. At universities, you have exactly the same three things that you've rejected in public school. First, the curriculum is deficient. As Christopher Lash observed 20 years ago already, in the space of two or three generations, he said, enormous stretches of the Judeo-Christian tradition, so often invoked by educators but so seldom taught in any form, have passed into oblivion on campuses. There are things that everybody needs to know that used to constitute the core of higher education as the heart of the defense of a civilization, but that are not taught at university at all. Even if you study the subject areas in which they fall, you do not get that picture. The study of, say, history, philosophy, or literature at a secular university is the study of history, philosophy, or literature as it looks to secular people. But Christians see things differently. Second, the curriculum is poisoned. A student who has just come to Augustine College from a long way away told me about the business ethics course he took at a Texas university. We sometimes get students who've done degrees and then want to come. He took a business course at this university in which his professor taught a view that is very popular right now in university ethics, that is the teaching of ethics and philosophy departments. That if faced with the prospect of saving a puppy or a human child, you should save the puppy since the puppy is more valuable. In a business ethics course, why? Professors are missionaries of a new gospel. This Christian student wanted to be able to fight back. Half the class, he said, didn't like this idea, but they didn't know what to say. He wasn't sure how to do it. He wanted help, and so now he's at the college. The worldview that you fought in homeschooling your children because it had infected public school has passionate, highly articulate advocates on university campuses, and they are the professors. And finally, the moral environment is a serious problem. University, where students are trying out freedom from parents for the first time, often distant from home, with justified hope that what happens on campus stays on campus, can be a very corrosive environment, unless, unless is what we say at Augustine College. University is a very heavy deal for young people unless they are prepared for it. Students may think they are just going off to university to get a job, but if they're not prepared for it, they can lose their way completely. Will they get the job? Yes. But what else has happened? Universities are the same kind of places as high schools, but more so because your children are not coming home to talk to you about what went on that day. They're coming home to talk to their dorm buddies and roommates, other young people who are equally in need of help. It is an open fact that universities are profoundly liberal environments. Everyone who goes there is going to begin hearing the case for the other side. Unbelief, modern values, etc. The case they didn't hear at home. Your children will get a very smooth presentation of the opposite to the way you brought them up, the way you taught them. And maybe they're ready to deal with it. But just ask yourself, how much of their homeschooling 
has been devoted to the arguments they are going to be hearing, both in university lectures and from their fellow students. Do they know how to deal with them? That bright Texas student didn't. Can they take those arguments apart, expose the weaknesses in the ideas they're going to be getting at every turn on campus? Moral relativism, sexual license, the innocuousness of sex, individualism, that everything exists to serve individual human beings, so assisted suicide is fine if it's voluntary, etc. Materialism, where just matter, matter is all there is. The record of Christianity, the patriarchy, the racism, the violence of the church, etc. Postmodernism, the view that a nation and its institutions are just the product of its history, nothing more. And it can all change as we wish it to change. Are they ready for this? Just as you recognized the weaknesses of the public school system and thought about the cost of an education in its publicly available form and provided an alternative, other people have thought about the cost of a university degree, the moral and intellectual cost, and provided an alternative. Augustine College is just one of the places that has sprung up to do this because there was no alternative in 1997 when we were founded. But there are more and more, and the price of using these institutions is not extra years of schooling and extra burden on top of university. At colleges like my own, at least, you can do an intensive preparation in one year, and credits can be transferred. So my question to you is, how can you care about education and the welfare of your children and students, as indeed you have done by homeschooling them, and then stop at homeschooling? If you think there's nothing to be done, there's no homeschooling type equivalent, then I see why you give up, but that is not so. And the people who teach at my tiny college are better educated than the sessional lecturers and grad students who increasingly teach the young at universities. PhDs are leaving the system to teach at colleges like ours because they don't believe in it. You know they're dedicated to what they believe is good because they're willing to take a vast pay cut in order to do this kind of teaching. We all appreciate that bright students have to go to university when they're at home in the heart of safety, in their own room, on their own bed, looking at university course calendars. They are being baited by the world. They are being lured to a vision of education that cheats them of what the wise, ever since the book of Proverbs, have said is the most precious thing you can have in this life, an understanding of life. There are alternatives. I wish there were more. There are one-year programs and three- or four-year programs with credits that transfer, taught by your comrades, in this educational revolution that you are fighting in. You should consider them. But more important, do not abandon the students by sending them off from high school as if they have bagged an education and the dangers are over. What would you recommend parents do with uh, junior high and high school age students in order for them to understand life and be more prepared in college I almost don't know what to do with that question because that was what I was getting in Texas. I would, you know, I told them some of the things I told you, and they wanted it all to be done by grade 12. So what they really wanted to figure out was, can't we teach Aristotle? 
can't we do that in, say, you know, grade 12? And I think it can't be done. I think it cannot be done because you have enough to do in those years. And there really is an element of adultness. You don't have enough in your kit to think these things through when you're 14. And it's also, you really do have to study these things in order to understand them. It took me a long time to figure some of these things out that I'm now teaching. And I'm teaching it to 18-year-olds. I didn't understand it until I was 45. I'm from the U.S. originally and now I'm in Canada. But in the U.S., there are many, many Christian universities. So for us, as homeschoolers, we have sacrificed and we pay the big bucks and send our kids back to the U.S. But why is there such a deficiency there? Well, Christian universities are part of the problem because they have not perpetuated the idea of education that I'm talking about. What they have done is try to be successful by the terms of these successful Ivy League colleges. I, want, I would like to go to Yale, but because uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Calvinist, I'm going to go here. Uh, and this is going to be as good as Yale in the same kind of way. And, and there is a, there's always a strong Christian component to what's going on there. There's always you know, an element that, that makes it clear that this is not Yale. This is, this, is a, this is a Christian college. But the education, the vision is modern. It's entirely contemporary to the extent that they don't even require faculty always to be believers. But I'm surprised by the Christians who don't have this vision of education that was so central to our tradition. So when I was quoting Bellow and saying, uh, you know, a lot of things are sold under the label of a liberal arts education. Things are sold under the label of a Christian education, too, and they're neither. I I read Chuck Colson's, you know, How Now Shall We Live? And he said, you know, Christians used to be the big thinkers, the big artists, the ones with the big vision, the ones that, that were changing the world. Where did we drop the ball in all this? Yeah, well, I don't know the explanation as to where it all went wrong. I haven't read the book that explains it for me yet, but there are a lot of, there are a lot of different possibilities. Uh, a lot of our culture is really marked by emotionalism. It's, if you feel something, then you know something is going on. Well, that, that was only one part of the, the story. Uh, Plato's image of the soul was feelings, passions on one side and intellectual desires on the other. So these were always balanced. But now, really, there's not much room for intellect. Intellect is some option for the, you know, the, the, the eggheads among us. Whereas the thing that we have in common is considered to be feelings. Well, that got into religion a long time ago. That, that we would preach on the basis of what you feel about the sermon and not what you think in it. So I think Christianity has... a, a is partly responsible. The form that it took is has played into that. But we aren't used to doing this sort of thinking that you're promoting at the age of 18 to get plunk a person from homeschool or high school or whatever into a university. No, you're you're entirely right. They're not able to think in the way that they need to in order to make the kinds of decisions that they're going to be making. If you look at the tradition. Uh, it's full of tools. Ideas are tools. These are lenses on life. And if you put these lenses on and see life this way, we don't tell them that they have to think this way. 
we do say, we want you to look at friendship the way Aristotle did, say. And try that on. You know, it's like a suit of clothes. You put on a really well-made suit. Um, no one's telling you you have to wear that suit for the rest of your life. But if it's a really well-made suit, you might want to. Because, yeah. I mean, I went back to university when I was 24, and I noticed an extreme difference between myself and the 18, 19, 20-year-olds who were going back. And uh, I just thought they're not mature enough. Except the, the idea that people have of maturity is that it's just more growing in time. It's not. Think about cultivating a plant. It doesn't have enough leaves yet, I'll just wait. You have to give it something. And what we're giving it is tools, ways of looking at things, ideas that people have had about desire and politics and justice, etc. When students come to your college, are all of them eager to learn and soak it up well? I mean, do you have any trouble with some kids that just can't get it? We have trouble with uh, the odd one, but part of the process of admitting students is feeling for what their motivation is to come. Okay. And uh, I'm amazed at these students. They come with uh, high expectations. And they leave saying, we had no idea we could get more than that, but we did. You know, it, it just, it gives me a lot of hope that there are, because they've come from all over the place. We've got students from Texas, Arizona, Washington State, uh, BC, Alberta. And, uh, you know, they've had all kinds of different sorts of education. And, and yet they all seem to be, they all seem to be ready. Well, there are a few that, uh, that, it's hard what we do because you really have to do a lot of reading every week and keep that going for 13 weeks, and nobody's done that before they've come to the college. But it's really quite amazing uh, what they're able to do. So we try to look for the signs of those who are, are going to really use the opportunity. We only have 25 seats. We don't take any more. So we want the people on those chairs to be the ones who should be there. I just want to tell you that I think this is the greatest hidden pearl that we have in Canada. Wow. It, I just cannot say enough. It was revolutionary for Joel's life. Um, and the idea, I know there are worldview courses out there, and I knew in high school that Joel needed more. I knew he, he was asking those deeper questions. I was not raised with this kind of an education. I was shortchanged in my education. I didn't know how to give it to him. And, and there is more than just the curriculum. There is going to Augustine. There is spending time with Dr. Tingley and all the other men that are there. That was just wonderful for him. And another little side note is he spent one year at Augustine, and when he transferred to university, they gave him one and a half year's credit. He got 45 credit hours for his one year at Augustine. So that's a little side note. And I must say, I appreciate what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you.